this is Bettina back with another episode of So Mind Boggling Journeys. I'm here with um, Ekwa Musongi. Uh, she is the director of All My Friends Are Married, and we have Andrea Coleman, who is the lead actress of the series. And we're going to be chatting about what it's like to be an artist and to be able to take care of yourself, especially in a city like New York City. So one of the things that um, I talk to my artist friends about a lot is trying to balance, you know, survival jobs and being able to pay the rent and buy groceries and keep the lights on with also pursuing whatever their craft is. And, you know, here we have a situation where we have Equa, who is a freelancer who primarily focuses on her art and is able to figure out um, ways and different projects and gigs to be able to take care of her um, livelihood as well. And um, Andrea works full time as a lawyer um, and is still able to audition for projects and still write. So can you talk about how you both maneuver both of those choices in terms of time um, and effort? Sure. Um, well, let's see. I mean, for me, when I started working as an actor, like, my first professional job, like, it was kind of explained to me, like, kind of the way you do it is you you have to pay bills, and then you also uh, perform. And so I kind of always had this, the awareness that I would have to get paid in some capacity. And um, so my experience has been, like, I've got these, I guess, two parts to me. Like, I really do, I'm a lawyer and I really enjoy that. I think it's really fun. Like, when I went to college, my intention was to major in, like, theater. But um, I really liked the government classes and political science classes and the economics classes. So, I, even though I intended to major in, like, theater, I kind of just ended up majoring in government and just doing the theater, like, performing or or acting and think and I and I love that like that to me is like the most fun and so um to have balance is the most yeah fun. like so um so my experience is I mean this is the way I like it I like that I'm a lawyer that um tries cases and does all that and then I also like that I'm somebody who gets to perform as well um I think like when I first moved here to New York, my idea was to just do theater. I didn't want to be, I hadn't um, taken the bar exam yet, so I wasn't wanting to do that. Um, but then the way things worked, like I wasn't getting paid to perform, so I knew I needed to make money. Um, and I like to do things that are intellectually challenging. And so I took the bar and, and got a job working as a lawyer. The balance, um, it doesn't feel that challenging. I mean, there's a lot of downtime when you're in court. Like, I've been, I've written scripts while I'm waiting for a jury to come back for a verdict. I've, waiting, I've written scripts while I'm, like, waiting for the judge to call up my case to argue a motion. There's just, there's a lot of downtime. Um, and frankly, like, when I was living in Queens and working in Brooklyn, like, there was a lot of downtime to and from on the subway so there was a ton of time to like write there was a ton of time to like memorize a script um and I'm not I wasn't in a union and I'm not in a union now so most of the work that I would get as a performer was going to be evenings and weekends because most of the people who were doing the project were in the same position as me so I didn't really find it to be challenging in terms of a time commitment um 
so the balance actually hasn't been that challenging for me and I do enjoy my day job there have been times when I haven't enjoyed my day job um, back when I was like temping um, but those jobs didn't last very long I wasn't enjoying them and they probably weren't enjoying me either so they were like short-lived experiences but um yeah I enjoy it and I find like the work that I do in my like day job is gives me a lot of inspiration for the things that I write and um for my characters as well and then um like motivation as an actor I think I had like maybe a year where I was just an actor and that's when I was like working at a Shakespeare theater in Florida and then another Shakespeare theater in DC and then I was just like a hundred percent just an actor um and that was a cool experience, but I haven't been able to duplicate that. And I don't even know if that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, if that presents, I will probably say yes to it. Absolutely. It sounds cool. Um, but that's not the experience that I've had in quite some time. <coughs> Interesting. To, interesting to hear that. I didn't know. Um how do I make money? That's a great question. <laughs> I do not know. Um, yeah, you know, I went to film school. So I went I went to school with the agenda to be a full-time filmmaker because, to be honest, I didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. Um, and maybe at that time that it was a possibility, like that's what people did. You go to school for accounting so you could become an accountant. You go to school for filmmaking so you can become a filmmaker. And um, and I, unlike a lot of the people that I went to school with, did not have any background. I had not worked on sets. I didn't have a favorite movie. I didn't have a favorite anything. Mm, like I was just yeah, like, wow. I'm here to make some films. I don't know how this happens. Show me, show me what you do. Um, and it was challenging. It was it was challenging, not only because it was a really expensive school, and <laughs> and filmmaking is challenging, um, but also f- from my background, I'm I'm from East Africa. Um, at that time, I did not know that African films existed, like African filmmakers existed, because on the continent we don't really. Well, now things are different, but at that time, growing up, you never we never had an opportunity to see each other's artwork, to see other people's other African artwork. Our movie theaters only show, for the most part, American mm. films and some Indian films. <clears throat> so it wasn't until my senior year that I even discovered that there were African filmmakers. So I was like, "Oh Lord, I'm gonna have to start it from scratch." This is, <laughs> I didn't know. Um, and that certainly changed my perspective on things. But also, the thing is, going to an art school, um, a film school, it's their job to make you feel like you're going to be successful when you leave. You know, I mean, they can't be like, yo, you're going to be fucked. Like, they can't say that, you know. Um, and, you know, it's not going to be the same challenge for everybody, but it is challenging. So, the education I got was kind of that everybody got was like, well, if you're talented, you will make fabulous films and your life will be wonderful. And if you're not doing that, then maybe you're just not that talented. You know, that's kind of the the message, <laughs> the underlying message that a lot of us got. 
And as a result, you know, a lot of the people that I went to film school with are no longer filmmakers because we were primed for... I mean, I remember taking producing classes where we were learning how to break down a million dollar budget or a three million dollar mm. budget. Nobody comes out of film school and just has like yeah. a three million dollar budget given to them to do something like, you know, no one told us about low budget anything. So it's taken a while to figure out, OK, I have these skills that are shaped for three million dollar and above situation, but none of the money that I have access to reflects that. <clears throat> and um, and so therefore what? <laughs> therefore what? And, you know, there are a lot of people who... I mean, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle for myself and it's been a struggle for a lot of people. I had a few breaks, you know. I've, I've done some work on the continent. Um, I've done some TV shows um, that at least allowed me to practice. And that's the other thing, too, coming out of film school or any uh, I guess any profession is that it's not like I walk up to a film set with my CV or with my certificate of graduation and say like hey listen I graduated from NYU and I'm a director so hire me nobody does that they need to see my work so if I don't have work then I basically don't have a history so I've spent the past I would say 10 years just really focusing on that and, you know, at first I was writing, you know, that's kind of, okay, I can make work and I can write and still do other things, you know, because writing is a little bit more of a individual practice. Um, but yeah, who's going to read your scripts? You can't, you know, a lot of like the bigger production companies or whatever, they don't just take scripts from the mail you can't just mail stuff to people like you need an agent you need this you need that all right so how am I going to get the script people to see my writing is actually by directing it I'm going to have to actually make my own stuff and not just go off of the promise that like if you gave me a lot of money I could definitely make something that like they need to see that I can do that and that I can produce my own work um, and so that's what I've been working on for the past, I would say, uh, certainly like the past six years, um, that's kind of been what my focus is, is like producing my own work, writing, directing, and producing my own work so that I can have um, an of like a, you know, a body of work that's out there that I can refer to. Mm -hmm. So that if I'm talking about a bigger project or a bigger budget or whatever it is, I can actually point at things that I've done as opposed to great ideas that I have. Right. Um, and you <clears throat> think that has changed the conversation to be able to actually show people the work that you've made? Well, I think, um, yes, in terms of, I think people take me more seriously or, you know, my name has kind of traveled around in a few circles and that's been great. Has anybody come with a huge check and, like, written? <laughs> no, that hasn't quite happened yet. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a lot of theories as to why that is or isn't. Um, you know, I mean, funding is still controlled by certain groups of people. It's, you know, and filmmaking is not cheap. It's It's not a cheap exercise. So when you're asking people to invest in a dream... 
it's a little hard. Um, so, and it's harder to do if I'm not investing in my dream on my own. You know, I can't ask you to invest in my dream, but I'm not investing in it. And so therefore, my decision to become a full-time artist, um, you know, I like money as much as anybody else. I love paying my bills. It's great, especially <laughs> living in New York. Um, it's It's hard to not be able to pinpoint exactly where my money is going to come from next month. Um, but things have been working out pretty well. Um, I'd say for at least three years, I've kind of been off the grid. I've done some teaching gigs here and there. I've done some gigs, you know, some are longer gigs, a whole semester uh, abroad or whatever yes. it is, doing mm-hmm. different you things. You a Cuba trip. You take? Yeah. Um, and that was great for the time that it was. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, there are times when it's like, I need to be traveling with my film. I can't afford to be in Cuba. So (laughs) I'm not going to go to Cuba. Um, You know, so there's a lot of decisions you kind of have to make because this is the baby and this is what I need to be doing. And so it's trying to organize ways, you know, it's, it's, it's a hustle. It actually is, you know, when I was a teenager thinking about becoming a filmmaker, all I knew was the glamour part of it that's what they show the red carpet the oscars the wards the dresses it's so not glad it's it's like being a construction worker <laughs> it's really i mean what i have to do to like keep my health up to make sure that i can actually like be on my feet for 12 hours a day talking to people and making decisions and get enough rest and my vitamins and all of that kind of stuff it's it's complicated stuff and it actually does require um all of my focus and so so I don't have an answer for you as to where my source of money comes from I I put it out in the universe and things have things have come to me um and I'm grateful for that and I'm building and I'm seeing the fruits of my labor paying off I'd love it to be faster um but you know everything takes the time that it takes for a reason so I'm not mad I want, there's something I want to say, but I don't know if it would get me in trouble because I just feel like, because remember, like, we, when we shot that movie, mm-hmm. we were, I was using the contacts that I have from this job to shoot it. You know, like, oh. the whole location was free <laughs> because I know the guy who runs the deposition office. No, you actually just talk about that. Stuff that. I don't know. Does it seem interesting? I mean, I'm just thinking, like, I don't know. Basically, what she's talking about is that. How you about know. you just talk about it and then you can decide later? If it's okay. Okay, so how do you go about, like, one of the things that artists always talk about is resources, right? Like, that is that is everything, okay? What do you have access to? Uh, what can you afford? Usually not much. So then how do you go about getting things such as, like, a location or catering or um, wardrobe or a set designer? So do you want to speak to your experiences on how you've been able to get top quality talent and artists to work in those different various fields when you might not have had the budget? to be able to you know afford them like how, do you do barter deals or or what calling friends for favors well I do well I do really like to pay people I think that's really helpful because I feel like when too. you pay people you're invested and they're invested so I do feel very strongly about that um, the other piece is just from my own context from my day job like I know that you and I Bettina worked together on a, on a short film uh, that my man actually directed um, were like the main resource 
for shooting the shooting location was because um i knew the guy who owned like the deposition office so i've done like i i i've probably done like 500 or 800 depositions in my life um where i'm like questioning people and because i have a, a really good relationship with that deposition office i was able to just call them up and say like hey um, can we use your space, not for a deposition, but to like shoot a movie? <laughs> and they were like, sure, just, yeah, absolutely. Because of their, because I've known them for years and they know my office for years. And so that was really fun having like free reign over the entire office yes, and the hallway. The whole day. For like two days, mm -hmm. which was super fun. Um, yeah, using those resources. And I think you just, you meet people everywhere and like all pieces of your life and uh that was a fun experience and then you just yeah you just you meet people mm -hmm. and they get excited i find that people are very excited about uh making movies and I, my old boss same company but different managing attorney was really excited he was like you've got to like write a character with my name like make my last <laughs> name um, the first name oh of a gosh. character and um, just people get excited about making movies and they yeah. want to be a part of it because it's know. so magical yeah. and so it transports you and I, I know that's why I wanted to be in the movies is because I just wanted to make them and I feel really connected to something you said Equa about mm -hmm. like applying to film school and not knowing how to make a movie and I remember I almost applied to film school and then I realized they wanted you to submit a movie in the application mm -hmm. process and I'm like I don't know how to make a movie that's why I'm applying to film school right. if I knew how to make a movie I wouldn't need you so I, I just remember thinking like what are you talking about yeah. um I don't know but yeah <clears throat> excuse me um yeah it's <laughs> it's one of those catch any two things and I remember I think it was my sophomore third year or something in college when the Blair Witch Project came out and it was this whole like we made oh a movie God, for yes. like five dollars <laughs> and it was like amazing we won all these awards and like the whole entire film school was on like you know like repairing every the reputation going to every class and being like listen the reason that you pay us a million dollars every year is because we're offering you access to blah, 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 you know, like having right. to sort of justify, because everyone was like, I'm sorry, wait, what? <laughs> I thought we were the ones who were supposed to be celebrities because we're paying you a lot of money. A lot of money. Um, and I've taught at NYU too, and, you know, it's not true for everybody, but first of all, NYU, sorry, NYU, but hey, <laughs> it's out there, um, is more than double. I mean, it's been... Uh, over 10 years since I was an undergrad <clears throat> and the cost of undergrad is more than double what it was when I was an undergrad now and so a lot of the students that I've taught like they there's like this stress boy because unlike say the business school nobody's coming to offer you a job when you finish you will be standing at the front door looking at tumbleweeds and everyone else is going to be going to everybody, you know, like the medical school students or the whoever, whoever, they're the ones who get recruited for jobs. Right. Nobody comes to the film school to recruit mm. for jobs. So you have to be spending that time like building yourself so that you're ready to go get a job mm. once you finish. And 
at least when I was coming up, I don't remember anybody telling me that. That was something we had to learn the hard way. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, and like I said, the kinds of jobs that are available are are PA jobs. You know, they're not the types of things that, like, once I do this one job, then my bills will be paid and I'll have extra cash. Nah, it's, like, a number of things. And they are construction labor-type jobs where you are carrying stuff it's like it's a lot of physical labor there's nothing glamorous about it you know and it's hard because i remember having um lecturers who would come in and talk to us about like when i had my first job on broadway and blah blah and it's like that's not my reality at all i'm a black woman writing films about africa like nah that's not where that's not where it's gonna happen for me you know and it it took me a while to realize that not that long but it took a while to realize that and um and then i moved on um regarding like how i've been able to sort of put things together for my film shoots yeah i mean as andrea said it's completely the begging the borrowing the the relation it's the relationships that you have you know it's not even the begging and borrowing because if you didn't have a good relationship with the people at the deposition office they'd have no problem selling you no or at least making it hard or making you pay for it or something else um regardless of how much people love movies and um you know and art and the kind of being part it's like being part of something and you know in film work it's it's really like a movement like to see like 5,000 people show up at your location I shot the last film that I shot a few weeks ago I begged my my boyfriend's auntie to let us use her apartment she has this beautiful old Brooklyn apartment that has a lot of space for a New York apartment and it's just old and cracked and the paint's chipping and it just has so much character because his family's lived there for like 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed that to be our location because the location itself said something about it. But she just didn't understand why we needed, like, she didn't just, she didn't understand how that stuff worked. So, you know, there was a lot of sort of hand holding and like, yes, Auntie, this is how things go. And mm-hmm. I just want to let you know there's going to be more than five people here. <laughs> And it was like, we were like 15 people. And that was a slim crew. Um, and then with our equipment. And then with our, and then we all need to use the bathroom. And we all need to eat. And we all need, and she was just like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but that's what it is. And you can't do that without having a relationship with somebody. That's not just, I mean, you can pay them. And I definitely um, support paying people. But sometimes it's not possible. It Like, I just do not have at least what you're worth, you know, what your job is worth. I, I don't have it to pay you, I, but I'd still like you to work with me. And um, and not everybody works with me and not everyone's able to. A lot of people would like to. Um, I think for a lot of people in our indie world here in New York, they understand what the struggle is because everybody has a story that they want to tell and we're all underfunded. Um, if we're if people are able to do it for free or for cheap or for barter or deferment or you know all the different you know you I'll do this for you and you'll do this for me they will um, and a lot of times it's also because people want to do something different than their boring advertising job or whatever you know they want to do something creative they want something different on their on their reel um, I've had a lot of fabulous you know talented people work for me with me for that reason um and then for people who aren't in film 
you know it's a filmmaking is a very hopeful activity it's like this isn't our reality but we're making a reality where right? we're literally making a circus in the middle of Flatbush Avenue or whatever mm -hmm. like how exciting is that you know that we can literally just have some a completely different world we could be in the 1840s all of a sudden we could you know all be whatever and like we can we can do something that's completely out of our normal completely out of our day-to-day -day. um i think that's a very hopeful thing for people and i think it's one of the reasons that people just kind of glam on to us and also glam on to the activity of filmmaking and also like the idea of being an artist as much as there are many people who don't envy my financial position in life um they do whether they say it or not have some envy for the emotional and spiritual freedom that this work affords me um and that's something that i value deeply and i love about the work that I do and I would like to share with other people. Um, and I encourage people to support me in order to, so that they can also experience that, you know, we don't all have to work for horrible whatever, you know, or do things that we, there are ways that we can kind of expand our reality. Um, and artwork is a, a huge way to do that. Wow. The end. Thank you. Thank you very much.